Hey guys, and welcome to Smart Women Read Romance, a book review podcast where we fangirl over all things romance. I'm Juliette. And I'm Jessen. Today we'll be reviewing Drive Me Wild, the first book in Melanie Harlow's Bellamy Creek series. Before we dive in, make sure that you subscribe to the podcast on your preferred podcast platform and please rate and review us. If you want more romance discussions, follow us on our social media pages at SWReadRom, join our Facebook group, The Swoon Zone, and follow Jessen on her YouTube channel, Jessen Reads Romance. If you'd like some podcast extras, become a patron of the podcast on Patreon, where we have extra content, including exclusive episodes and giveaway free enamel pens, stickers, books, and bookmarks. And of course, a special shout out to our patrons for all of your support. We love you and appreciate you. Yes. Okay. Oh, so, Juliet. So <laughs> I heard that you went to a book con and it was fucking fantastic. I did. I did go to a book con. It's called Book Bonanza. If you've never heard of it, small little con, a you little know, bitty nothing, book conference. Nobody goes there. Teeny tiny signing. <laughs> So jealous. (laughs) I'm so happy that you went though and you were on some panels, right? I was. I was in um I was talking to Jess about it. I was on one called Love and Laughter. And it's funny because Rebecca Zanetti sat right next to me and I knew her way back when at RT, like my first RT when I had, I think, one novella published, she was at the Kensington signing and mm-hmm. everybody was swarming around her. I'm like, oh, Rebecca Zanetti, she must be like super popular. I feel like and Rebecca Zanetti was on the panel with um, the one who wrote Hearts in Darkness. What is her name? Oh, Laura Kay. Laura Kay. Laura Kay. You know that panel that we went to and Dorinda Jones was behind us? I feel like she was on that panel. Oh, I feel like she Rebecca may Zanetti have been. was on there because that's how I heard about her. Yeah. Was, um, was through that panel. Yeah, she had like, been published a little while yeah like, I no she had when i discovered her at rt like mm-hmm. she had a backlist like i was like whoa okay series yeah. you know so and i remember just being like a complete nobody <laughs> way back when like oh my god she must be like super popular you know and then and now i'm sitting on a panel next to her isn't that so I was cool like, Hi. i even told her about that event i said by the way i do remember you from she's like oh i was popular really she's so <laughs> funny y'all like and i found out that we're both from small towns and um we just had so much fun on this panel but one thing that was hilarious is an audience member asked like what are your favorite tropes and of course and then avery flynn who was our moderator I was like, okay, stop. Everybody on the panel whose favorite um, trope is enemies to lovers, raise your hand. So, of course, me and everybody else raises their hand. But then we started talking. And then I added, I was like, well, another favorite of mine is Grumpy Sunshine. And Rebecca turns to me. She goes, what's Grumpy Sunshine? And I looked at her. I was like, Rebecca, are you being serious right now? Like, she and I were having like a conversation. Yeah in front of everybody else i was like girl i was like it's like when the guy is like super grumpy and growly and the girl's like so she's like oh i write grumpy sunshine <laughs> i write so those everybody started laughing because i totally write grumpy sunshine okay i know what it is thank you very much uh Ju- juliet and so we were just That's like laughing funny. um but it was just it was a fun panel <laughs> one thing that avery flynn had asked was like okay we know you're all rom-com writers, but author, we also know rom-com writers are dark as fuck when it comes to, well, she didn't use those terms. She used probably more polite terms. Um, in their, like, what they like to watch. So, of mm-hmm. course, we're all serial killer, murder documentary watchers. <laughs> and I was like, everybody in here needs to watch Evil. It's one of the best shows on television. Oh, my God. It was just fun. I love it. I it love that funny. for you so much. So Love and yeah. Laughter was all rom-com authors. Yeah, like, it was. Uh, See, and whenever she told me that she was on a panel with Rebecca Zanetti, um, it kind of in and you had mentioned, I want to say that it was rom-com. And I was just kind of like, whoa, she wrote rom-com. I know. The books that I read by her are the Dark Protectors. Yeah. And they're not rom-com right. at all. So I was just kind of like, huh. But I she started in dark, too. And but, so, you know, but that's yeah. The thing. That's the thing. Like, I like that authors – or at least I know a lot of authors that don't feel pigeonholed into a certain like um, tone of book to write. Yeah. Like they can do like the more serious books or they can do the really light and fluffy and funny books or they can do like right. really fucking dark, like morally gray characters. Like yeah. I like all of that. And I, I'm so excited about that because Rebecca Zanetti, the books that I read, The Dark Protectors, it's paranormal and, you know, it's pretty serious, you know, it's like oh, kind yeah. of like, you know, a- affects the world type of stuff, you know, but it also has the fade of mate aspect and stuff so yeah I mean, we like, did talk about you know mates so, as our favorite tropes too yeah it's funny you say that because it on the other panel which was like writing through covid they were asking us a bunch of questions questions and one of the um one of the people in the audience asked penny reed who was the moderator was mm-hmm. like you know well we noticed that during covid you went into some different 
writing different things and like, you know, why why did you do that? And like people are basically kind of putting her on the spot. She's like, well, it's hard to explain without all the context you just got from these authors up here. She's like, but and she started to say something and I whispered something in Avery Flynn's ear and then Avery Flynn basically butts in and goes, you know what? Um, Juliet just said something really good that y'all need to hear. And I was like, Avery, <laughs> I, like, was I was trying to, to you. whisper. And she's like, yeah, say what you just said, Juliet. I'm like, oh, my God. I said, basically, what Penny just said, it's true, is that COVID gave me the confidence and freedom to write something new and try something new. And that was actually when I was deep into Stay a Spell and just enjoying Stay a Spell. But I I said, and what Penny Reed is saying what kind of to support what Penny Reed just said is that, you know, we have to remember this is an art form. This is a creative art form. And you can't just like sit down at the computer and write the same thing all the time. Like sometimes we need to just be inspired. And that means changing genres and changing, you know, total scenery, you know, which is what I do. You yeah. know, we talk about that all mm-hmm. the time about being yeah. mood readers and yeah, this is mood exactly, writers. That's exactly why we read, you know, everything under the sun, you know, because I can't read historicals for two weeks straight right and still enjoy them to the extent that i would if i did not switch between you know different books tones and subject matter and stuff like that like i need you know the serious and the funny and i need the lighthearted yeah. and the yeah. dark and i need the possessive heroes but i also need the cinnamon the cinnamon like, exactly. I, need, I need all of them i need exactly. all of them to make to balance i need yes. it, i need it in balance and yes. so yeah, that's cool. I'm so, so like, I, that's one of the things, though, too, <clears throat> like at book cons, as a reader, I'm so interested in like behind the scenes stuff, you know, mm-hmm. and those panels, that's what it is. Yeah. Like you get to pick an author's brain and just listen. And yeah. honestly, that's that's how I found a lot of authors w- for the one. Right at RT. Um, yeah, at RT that I had gone to. I was just kind of like, I love the way that they talk about characters. I'm going to go read right. their books. And, you know, so anyway, I'm just very excited that I'll, I'll least be able to attend one book con this year oh with, yeah uh, juliet with the polycon well so. and i hear a polycon's big so here it's we go it's gonna be fun but of it's course be we'll be you know I, I will be a little bit freer in my schedule um to be able to do more cons with juliet in the yes. future and stuff and, oh, i'm so excited one more year of nursing school one more, one more year <laughs> i can make it i can fucking make it all right let's talk about our characters let's melanie harlow talk about these characters so Drive Me Wild is the first book in her Bellamy Creek series. And if you've never heard of Melanie Harlow, like, where have you been? No, seriously. <laughs> um, exactly. She is a really great small town romance author. I love all of her small town romance, like, settings. Like, her towns are so – it's like you would want to live there. She doesn't write small towns that are just kind of like, oh, my God, what an awful place to be. Like, it's yeah. just so, like, welcoming. I love the way that she sets up, like, the narrative and stuff. And the characters that, of course, we were just, you know, talked about Grumpy Sunshine. Well, this is a grumpy sunshine pairing. Um, <laughs> and we have a grumpy griffin, which grumpy if you listened Griff. to our, our mini-soda episode about grumpy sunshine, we did talk about them. Um, and griffin just so happens to be the perfect <clears throat> grumpasaurus name for he your is. grumpy hero. And I'm totally using it just because of the podcast. Yes. Like, specifically, I'm making a grumpy griffin. Can you can you make a character in in the book <laughs> acknowledge, be like, oh, my God, so you're a grumpy griffin. <gasps> I can. Yeah. Just and be like, you never heard of that it's a thing in romance because it is a fucking thing in romance i swear it is i need i need betty or somebody to say that to him 100 percent. i'm gonna make it happen okay i'm adding it in real life you're gonna be so meta (laughs) meta in your book i fucking love it so griffin dempsey he's a mechanic um and i also after after you know um putting these books on the podcast because um, we have an, another upcoming book that we're going to review later called Rev to the Max. It's also a grumpy sunshine and a mechanic. <laughs> and it's it so is. Funny. <laughs> and I was like, wait a second. Did this happen in Rev to the Max or, uh, they're very similar. They are very I similar. I love, yeah. Um, so Griffin is a mechanic who is trying to keep his business afloat that his father started. And the problem is that he's having competition because there is this local, like, um, chain basically um auto shop that swifty is auto swifty auto they're they're fast and they give better price quotes are they like a jiffy lube and griffin or something is is so tired of hearing about yeah. the oh well swifty auto gave me a lower price and stuff and he was just like if they only knew what a shitty job that they do and yeah. like no it's not the same type of service but the thing is he's not personable he's not right. a personable person he's he has grumpy. nobody to run the front desk because his mom is out with um double hip replacement surgery 
surgery. So um, he's just like in dire need. Well, lo and behold, one night after he plays baseball, which we'll talk about that in a it's a funny thing. <laughs> mm. um, so he's playing baseball. And after the baseball game, they go to the local bar with his friends. And all of a sudden they hear like a big like boom. And at first he has like a reaction, kind of like PTSD, because he he was uh, a Marine, but then he realizes, oh, that's the sound of a tire blowing. Yeah. They go outside and they see this car like, you know, run up on the curb <laughs> and this woman waltzes out in a fucking like wedding dress. So they with think, a tiara. With a tiara on, <laughs> gloves, like the whole nine yards. You're just like so I had an image of Enchanted. Have you ever seen that movie? Yes. Enchanted. Like whatever she comes out of the sewer in like a big fucking dress. Like that's that's what I, I pictured Blair to be. She's walking out of this old dinky rusted car in a fucking wedding gown, it looks like, and she faints and he of course catches her. So this this is our grumpy sunshine pairing. And I really like Blair because I think that even though I feel like she's a character that in other circumstances I could be really annoyed by her. Right. Because she's very naive. You know, she was pretty sheltered and she comes from a very privileged background. She doesn't know how to do a lot of things, but she also is without guile and she's not mean. She doesn't seem like entitled. Um, She just is unaware of how the world works. She's a little little ignorant, but Mm -hmm. not even entirely her fault. You know what I mean? Like she was raised, I don't want to say, oh, you were raised that way, but she was sort of um, trained to be this debutante her entire life by her parents until she realized like this isn't what I want. I think it's also like I think what makes Blair's character really great though as well is because she's kind of always she's never been satisfied in that role anyway right. and she d- she did have like little instances where she kind of tried to buck against the grain and stuff which we'll talk about how she fits in but anyway Blair who is has just left her privileged life she has a problem she doesn't have any money she needs repairs <laughs> in her car and she can't go anywhere so I'll leave that up to your imagination to figure out what happened. I'll just tell you it's a forced proximity situation. Yes. But <laughs> nice. We'll talk about that in the spoiler section. So if you have not read Drive Me Wild, you need to go read this book and come back and chat with us. Let's so, talk about Blair's background. What kind of right. family does she come okay, from? Okay, so she comes from super affluent, you yes. know, not just upper middle class, like super affluent to the point where her mother, when she told her, her 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 parents have basically told her they want her to marry this tycoon so that she can be taken care of. I mean, it's almost like arranged marriage type situation, you it know. It is. In and their it also social feels, world, I, socialite world. You know what? Now I'm just, it's just popping into my head. I'm kind of glad that Melanie Harlow didn't introduce the parents to this story. They yeah. really didn't need to because no, I'm we not didn't. interested in them because they would have just been like very, you know, cardboard just like, cut out, just like they're background villains. Sort yeah, of. <laughs> background villains, you know, because um, Blair mentions that her father recently got dinged by the IRS for tax evasion. Yes. So they're losing all their money. And right. That's why her mom's they, trying to press her to marry this rich man. Um, so they'll have more money country, in the family. Country club so that, you know, they can be still live the life that they're accustomed to living. It reminds me a little bit of like historical romance yeah. plots. Mm-hmm. You know, like you yep. still have the title and everything, but you're losing all the money. Yeah, and you, you have to the marry Nouveau Riche or something yes. to um, like keep exactly. the money flowing. Mm-hmm. And she was just like, hell no. And I really like that in the background, she's always wanted to do a thing that her parents have always been like, no, like you're going to yes. go to college and you're going to study like history or French. Right. Or she, she knows multiple <laughs> languages because her parents expected her to basically, she basically mm-hmm. majored in something she was never going to use. She was never going to be a school teacher. My God. Like, never, never heard of the <laughs> phrase, which I hadn't heard of that until I went to college and someone had an older t- teacher mentioned it and I was like, what the fuck is he talking about? But um, whenever they said like women would go to college to major in MRS. Oh, Mrs. yes. Mrs. Yes. And I was yes. like, what? I was like, yes. I've never heard of that. But that's She's kind of getting her pedigree. Yeah, what her parents right. really wanted her to do. To be and culturally, she had, like, like, worldly. Yeah, she had, like, a cush job at her father's business or whatever. But secretly, she, whenever she studied abroad, she had worked at these bakeries yes, in for Paris. French pastry chefs yes. and stuff. Like, she would, like, go on her own time. Because mm-hmm. that has been, always been her passion is to open she her really own bakery. She really loves Which bake. I love. And so when she was hit with this, you know, kind of like double whammy with her with her life. 
life, her father being, you know, horrible. <laughs> and also just like losing like that kind of like safety net that she's always had. She's just kind of like, no, I'm going to strike out on my own and yeah. I'm going to start over. I have, you know, a plan. I want to start um, a bakery. And of but course, she doesn't so, have anything. Yeah. And so the problem <laughs> is, is that because she is not worldly at all and she has very little money, she kind of gets like um, tricked into buying this vintage MG car because she thinks it's a cute little car. Cute. Not knowing that these things are money pits, you know, and Rust not reliable. Hell. You not can't reliable. Find the parts to replace them anymore. Like it's right. just it's not it's not a great yeah. great so, decision. Tire blows. She crashes into the curb in little uh, Bellamy, and um, our Griffin. They all come running to the rescue as she comes out, and she faints in his arms. So it's <laughs> very like. Disney-esque, and you know? Like, what it's the like, fucking Disney princess is going on over what here? Is this shit? Like, and he's what like, is this? tatted up and like, oh, oh God. God. My Gorgeous. fucking weakness, I yes. swear. I swear. <laughs> Grumpy, tatted guy. I mean, yes. could you create like, a more perfect swoon. character for me? I mean, right. Okay, anyway. <laughs> um, so I love this. And um, they, they sit her down and she, I love how she doesn't really want to talk about like what's been going on in her life. And then yeah. she's like, well, okay. But this happened. This is when she starts like word vomiting all over (laughs) Griffin. Okay. And I absolutely adore the way that she's so talkative because, um, whenever he, I forgot what he'd said, he was just kind of like, man, you talk a lot. And she goes, yeah, I feel like the art of conversation, it's, it's a lost art. And he goes, I think you found it. Like, he's just like, (laughs) I think you, you're, out conversating me yeah like, oh but instead of being annoyed he's kind of entertained by he her is. she's it's, sweet it, yes she's very sweet she's you know very like, very sweet and unassuming. open and she also is like she doesn't want to be beholden to anybody so you know when he says that he would try to get her you know a new tire and all that jazz <laughs> and um do you need a place to stay and she's like oh i can, i just need to know if there's any place in town he was like well there's a couple bed and breakfasts and stuff and she doesn't want to be like i can't one. Oh, and by the way, this isn't um her wedding dress. Oh, it's, it's not. It's her debutante gown. dress. Who, and she said the reason why she's wearing it is because it wouldn't fit in her suitcase. And then she was just kind of like, "This was the most magical night of my life. Like, of course I'm going to bring this with me. I can't just leave." She it. was like, like, she was I like basically putting on her me. armor to go out into the world, yes. which is her debutante gown. I love. Which it. I thought was hilarious. And her suitcase. So she's. <laughs> Heading downtown in her little debutante dress and her tiara with her suitcase, and Griff has promised to, you know, have her car looked at and stuff. He knows that it's probably going to cost a yeah, lot. Yeah, he's looking at it, and he's like, this is going to be an issue. Like, you know? <laughs> it's probably not just the bus attire, and yeah. I can't let her drive in an unsafe car. So you can always – you can already get, like, a feel for the type of man that Griffin is. Like, yes. he's, he's a lot of bluster outside. He's very grumpy, and, like, he puts up his walls and all that. That jazz but he also is just like he's a protector and that's yeah. just how he is so he has like an instinct when she's walking away to like call her back but like he's just kind of like no, no no i can't get like attached to anybody like it's not my business you know she's a big girl she said that she can do it but like he really wants like to call her back and be like you know take her under his wing well, later on in the night, he hears a noise because he just so happens to live above the garage. And he oh, thinks he it's goes. somebody trying to break into some of his cars in the lot. And mm-hmm. he's like, he runs down there. But he sees like this white fluffy thing in the in her car. He's like, what the hell is she doing sleeping in her, her car? On the steering. Yeah. <laughs> she's banging her head in the steering wheel because she's basically at a loss. She doesn't have enough money. She can't like, uh, you know, find a place to stay. So she's sleeping in her car. And of course, he's like, you can't stay in your car and she's like where am i supposed to go and so of course he's gonna let her sleep on his couch yeah you can sleep on my couch yeah Fine. no problem mm. so i love also when they get upstairs like he's like you can go change in you know my bedroom and she needs assistance because she's gotten the zippers stuck on her dress so he's fighting all these feelings so let's also talk about the fact that blair is gorgeous beautiful yeah they're both so very attractive people. they're both very what attractive is gonna I mean, happen come on. the hormones are already just think? like you know driving them both crazy and they've <laughs> been together in like an hour you know <laughs> i love it so of course when he you know helps her with the zipper he's like he accidentally like touches her and he like jumps back and like he gets like really hard all of a sudden 
And he tries to hide it, and he, like, zooms out of his bed. I'm like, okay, I think you can handle from here, right? And, like, she's kind of charmed by this because he's not trying to take she advantage of it. She feels safe with him. And she's like, it's kind of really cute how, like, how, like, um, you know, um, kind of, like, clutching his pearls. Like, usually, kind of like, oh, no, I can't let her, can't let her get to me like this and, like, ran, ran away. And yeah. she finds that very charming, and she's just kind of like, oh, he's a nice guy. Like, yeah. he didn't want me to know, and yeah. that's so sweet of him. But he's yeah. very attractive, and I wouldn't mind it. Yeah. Um, exactly and i love how she even has like i don't know if it's this instance or like the next night where she when she was like um she was undressing she stood in his room naked for like about a minute or two because she was just like i'm just seeing if he'd like walk in here like she's like <laughs> trying to just kind of like tip the like, devil be like exactly. i mean what if he came in here for a shirt or something and i'd just be like oh no i'm naked <laughs> <laughs> oh no oh, let no. me cover my bosoms oh no <laughs> um did you get a good look yeah <laughs> so she and she's like oh no stop he's being nice or whatever so when she goes back out there he actually fell asleep on the couch already yeah. so she so just she curls up in the, the chair, chair. she's like i don't want to sleep in his bed like <laughs> it seems terrible to not ask permission and i love how like peppy she is in the morning mm-hmm. as well and she's like she's kind of like i i i'll make you coffee and stuff like that and you know to get your day started and he just kind of like oh my god this girl is so fucking sun shiny in the morning like i'm not used to this and she's like i'm used to waking up at five like earlier yeah. than 5 a.m because of the bakery and stuff that i used she's to also at. looking for ingredients and he has like nothing in his kitchen she's yeah. like i really want to you know pay she, you back I so they did have right they did have a small conversation that the the day before about how he he opened up a little bit about how he's aggravated because it kind of was short where there's like look i'm aggravated because of this swifty auto thing and they're taking my business and and she's like well what you need is you need a little bit more welcoming you know thing and so she's like maybe i could you know bake some scones or something for your um customers net is covering for his mom but like she's not reliable and one day she's not there yeah and she had walked in after getting the ingredients to like deliver some scones to like the guys right um as like payment for griff working on her car and then she notices like you know there was nobody in there and she's like oh well, well let me just help I out. cover like i can't <laughs> i don't really have a way to pay you so like i can just cover i can work i can organize because the yeah. office looks terrible nothing nothing yeah. is organized and he's like sure i'll 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 get you a deal on the work since you're helping me out I so she's like feeling better fucking knows that this car is gonna cost an arm and a leg yeah. to even get it and he's like doesn't want to tell her how much yeah i even <sighs> love okay so he has his two um mechanics that work with him mcintyre and mcintyre just kind of like that is a money pit and he's yeah. like no shut up i, I can't do anything she can't afford a new car or anything <laughs> i know and then also hand me andy so they hand call me. him hand me because they always act and hand me the rent hand, hand me stuff in the uh, place and he just seems so sweet like hand yeah. me his girlfriend it's like did you meet her and he's like they're all like wow you know they're all like wow who is she who is that <laughs> and i love how he gets aggravated when they want to go in the office to go yes. talk to her and he just kind of like why aren't you jealous. at work anymore like get get in here get in here and work on cars don't talk to her he's like jealous and a little possessive that i love that he even even recognizes it in himself and he can't Mm -hmm. but he still can't control himself i think that that's what makes like the possessive stuff like works though as well because he's like i should not be feeling this way about anybody it's kind of just like i just kind of like feel protective over her i don't like and it's not even because she's just kind of like an overly like sexual person. She's just that fucking nice. Yeah, everybody is drawn she's to attractive. her presence. She's just attractive in that way that people want to be around her. They want to talk to her. They want to, you know, just she's the with extrovert her. that I wish that I was, yeah. but I'm not. <laughs> um, she can talk to you know a brick wall and have a wonderful conversation. Yeah. And what's I'm not cool like that. <laughs> is that because she's so sociable and has these like great scones and stuff, she starts bringing in. Like there are other people like. Hey, so and so, Mr. Frank or whatever, told me there's Mr. scones Frankel. down here, Mr. Frankel. So there are other customers popping in to like see things. So there's like a little bit of and buzz, like kind of remind, like, oh yeah, like um, I knew his dad and stuff. Yeah, and I just tried out Swifty Auto just because they were new. But of but course, maybe I'm I should come, come get back. my tune up over here. Like, yeah, I'm gonna come, I'm gonna come over here. I I need to schedule an oil change. So she's like <laughs> scheduling new appointments, and that's right. really great. And that's whenever she has ideas, she was just kind of like, you know. You told me that you have this problem with Swifty Auto. Like, what do they have 
that you don't have. Mm-hmm. And he just kind of like apparently chandeliers in the in the office and like and these cookies. gourmet cookies or whatever. And she's like, "Well, I got the sweets, babe. Like yeah. I can make, I can make, I can knock the socks off of any gourmet cookies that they're buying from the convenience store. Like I right. can do something homemade and it'll be wonderful. And all you need is like a coat of paint. Like give me a little bit of money and I can transform this office right like, and do just like you know a facelift on the office. And he just kind of like he does. He gives her some free reign to work on that so she does order like some furniture and she um goes to the convenience store to uh the hardware store to get some paint and stuff like that i love it i love it because oh my god can we talk about his his mom i was gonna say let's talk about his mom can we just talk talk about about his mom to a head so first of all there's a rumor going around the rumor mill that he's gotten married they're they're sending like fruit baskets congratulations on your wedding and so i love how she calls him into the office she's like apparently we have a a a wedding gift that has just um been delivered to the office and (laughs) she's she's like honey look at our wedding gift and he's just like shut up like yeah i know (laughs) what is going on in this town so they're like playing up this little joke but the mom is just she's so funny so she's like wants grandkids and she wants him to get settled and have you know so she's immediately in love with Blair. And she's like, well, you can stay at my place. But you know what? You need to stay at um, Griffin's one more night because I really need to get things cleaned up before you come and stay at my place. So yep, it's like his mm, mom knows yeah. a lot of people. And yeah. Griffin's just kind of like, I bet you she could find like because she doesn't want this is the thing. Blair does not want to impose on Griffin. She's right. Like, He's already doing so much for me. <laughs> like, I can't just keep crashing at his house. Like, he doesn't want me there. Like, I right. know he doesn't want me there, <laughs> you know, and he's just kind of like, oh. Oh, well, I mean, I guess my mom, my mom knows a lot of people. She can ask around. Maybe somebody has like a room that they're willing to rent or whatever. Right. And um, so he asks, you know, whenever the mom calls and just like, I can't believe you got married without me. And he's like, mom, I'm not <laughs> fucking married. And she's just like, well, that's disappointing. And she's yeah. like, in, in I love how Griffin's just like, you wanted to tear my head off because I got so say married without you. And yeah. she's like, well, that's better than you not being married. Exactly. <laughs> like, I want grandbabies. And, her, and his sister, Cheyenne, and is not um not ready to have kids either um <clears throat> and i love how the mom was just kind of like yeah well i mean i have your your old room but it's a craft room now it's gonna yeah, take me I, ages I'm gonna, I'm to, gonna clean have it out. to clean it out so yes, if she could just stay with you a little bit longer and i love how it's so transparent and yeah. griffin knows oh yeah this. griffin just kind of like and so does blair they're all just kind of like griffin okay tells blair she is making up excuses because she hopes that something's going to happen between us. And she's yeah. like, oh, she's adorable. Like, oh, she's so cute. And uh, I, I love how your yes. mom is and stuff. Like, she just, like, charms the pants off of uh, his mom whenever they do go over there for dinner. Because Cheyenne, his sister, works, um, volunteers at an animal shelter and um, <sighs> basically offers Griffin up to foster a kitten. Yes. <laughs> so they have to go get He's a kitten. so cute. And that's another thing that I really love. Like, if you're going to have a really grumpy, like, hard exterior person we need like, some softness these softness like right of course he's willing of to course foster he's an a animal kitten. lover of course yes. he is he has to be <laughs> like that's 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 the appeal of a hard exterior yes. it's soft yes. center yes he might yes. try to push you away but like he's so he's really has inside. a heart of gold you know it's because he's gotten hurt in the past yes let's talk about that so let's talk about that so we find out that it's while he was away on – he was on three tours in Iraq, but right before he left, his girlfriend or fiancé got pregnant. Yes. And um, Kayla. And so he, you know, he's, you know, basically begged her, wait for me when I return. You know, we'll, you know, we'll be together and all this stuff. Oh, no, they weren't engaged. I'm sorry. They were just girlfriend, boyfriend, but he had gotten her pregnant. Well, she lost the baby while he was away. Yes, and when she, he returns, she blames him, blames yeah. him for it. And he had he got he had gone and gotten a ring and everything, and was going to propose to her and all this stuff. Yeah. And she, then she admits that she has fallen in love with someone a guy else. On the side, like while he was away fighting in Iraq, which yeah, this is like makes me very upset. Yeah. <laughs> Um, well, you know, she, she, uh, what she did, um, her being pregnant, um, that's not common knowledge. And right. I love Nobody how Griffin knows. shares that with Blair. Like this is later. something that right. later on, um, that he shares with Blair and opens up to her about like, he didn't want to tell his mom or his sister about it. Right. It's obviously something that's really affected him. That's really hurt him because he was like getting excited about the baby. So right. it like, hurt him too. And it really hurt him that she was ac- accusing him of being like you know kind of like wishing the baby to go away and that's why she miscarried like it was all such a very hurtful situation 
and he was just like, I don't have time for that. And I realized that if I don't depend on anybody else, then I'm I, if, happier right. for it. And that's what I, he's I, I can't get hurt. He, he's one of, he's definitely one of these who's been wounded deeply and he can't open up and he doesn't want to open up. Yeah. You he know, much prefers just to have the occasional one night stand and everybody knows the, the score and nobody's going to want more. And he thinks he's happy and fulfilled that way. And he's not. And I love how that's why forced proximity situations work so well with these grumposauruses is because <laughs> they're forced to be around somebody whenever they think they need nobody. Right. And that's what happens when Blair is there. And I really do like how, like, you know, the sexual chemistry is very hot between them. And Can we talk about their sex scenes, Absolutely. Too? Let's so talk about them. Their sex scenes are both hot and hilarious. Yes. So they role play. They do some role playing. <laughs> My favorite role play scene is when she gets in the like he goes she to the bathroom and comes out naked and she's dress. complete in her debutante dress with the tiara and her gloves on, and he takes the gloves to like tie up her hands. Oh yeah! And, oh like, my very, god! Like, oh, I'm looking for a prince in a white and white uh, knight type of um, person, and he just like, baby, I'm not the prince. Like I'm the villain. Yeah. She's like, oh no, what are you gonna do, do to me? me? You're the villain. Oh, it's so so. <laughs> He's like very, on your very knees. Playful, very playful. Oh. And I really love i i i adore sex scenes where characters can laugh like it doesn't right. really be like a haha funny moment but i adore sex scenes where the characters are really playful with each other and it's such yeah. like a happy moment i also really like that um because i was i was i remember the first time i was reading this book i was very worried like after they would have sex that he would try to pull away well the first time they have sex it's in the living room and it's on the couch and he's actually the one who invites her to come sleep in the room with him and he's like, he's like, you know, I have, I have the uh, window unit on in my room, and why don't you come sleep on the bed? And she's like, isn't that like against one of your rules? She's, she's very, very um, cognizant of his boundaries. Yeah, and she does not want to make him uncomfortable. She's very happy that they're sleeping together, but she's also just kind of like, you know, I don't want him to think that I want more. And he's the one that's just kind of like, oh, it's fine. Like, it's just one night. Because, yeah, yeah. Cause I don't he's have the one enough like, of you. Yeah, and he's like, why don't you, yeah, get in my bed. No, yeah. it won't mean anything. We'll just, Nothing, you know. Nothing, no. Uh -huh. and, but, oh, no, whenever she finally does fall asleep after round, like, three or four, um, <laughs> he really loves whenever she cuddles with him. Yes. And he's kind of like, oh, it's like Cause, those little cause, moments that really kind yes, of Yes, because like, you're lonely and you're falling for her. Yes. And he and that's the thing like he doesn't realize how lonely he was yeah you know and it's yeah because really he's wonderful. just been in living like status quo you know with his bros doing the baseball thing and it's so and nice not letting having anybody somebody in. care about you like in right. the morning like i said like she wants to make breakfast for him and like i this is adorable this is fucking adorable it's, i i think that it's one of my favorite scenes so he's ready to go to work downstairs, and um, she doesn't need to go. She needs to go there early because that's the day that he's going to get off early because of the baseball game. So he's going down there to work on some cars before they open, and she's staying up there to start making scones for the day to hand out to customers. And he's, like, looking at her, and she goes – she walks up to him, and she, like, dusts off his shirt, and she, like, kisses his cheek, and she's like, have a good day at work, honey. And she's like, was that what you were waiting for? And he's like, oh, shut up. Like, yeah. Because, oh, no. like, he was waiting there, like, awkwardly. Like, he didn't like, he like, didn't know. leave her. And, like, he was just kind of, like – it was very domestic. It was a very yes. domestic scene. And he – liked it and he didn't know what to do he didn't know it. yeah he doesn't he, he doesn't even like, understand that he's I, like why falling. can i not walk away like why can right. i not just go downstairs and go do my job but it's right. because he really fucking likes the fact that she's in his kitchen and talking to him and planning their day like together like oh i'm gonna do this nice thing for you and cook all these these goodies to attract customers for right you. like she's actually doing something to help him another know? another scene where we see like feelings on his end is when um like there's a storm coming and she's been out like gathering supplies and stuff to bring back to that to the um apartment and he, she's sort of been gone all day she was like with cheyenne his sister and whatever and then when he returns he's like he's been pacing and he's like where have you been why aren't you not answering my text it's just like oh i think i left my phone on the desk and he's like well don't do it again you have to bring your phone with you i was worried and she goes you were worried <laughs> like and then he realizes like i yes. down. Like, he's like all super grumpy but he's like he was worried about her because the storm he was worried about her in the rain like it's so typical of a man who's got feelings you know like mm -hmm. that's his protective instinct coming out and that's how they show it they get mad because you're not where you're supposed to be and like you know right, exactly. that kind of thing yep 
And he's like, he doesn't know how to be a caretaker without being a grump, you know? And I yeah. love that. And that's something that she teaches him, you know? And um, I love also, like, you know, it's such a silly thing, like, her just majoring in French and what, what are you going to do with it? Like, she had no plans to actually use that type of degree. But she talks to the kitten you know? in French. She talks to fucking Bijou, which means Bijou. kiss. And he's like, oh, shit. Like, French <laughs> seems like such a silly degree, unless it's not. Unless, unless it's she's speaking. horny. <laughs> yeah. Unless <laughs> It's gonna be hard talking to the kitten in I French. Love it, I fucking love it. So that's so adorable. Um, also like side characters, I do want to say like obviously Griffin's friends get books. Yeah. We have Enzo. Yeah, Enzo. Is, oh, Cole. Okay, so yeah. yeah, let's talk about Cole. Cole is, a widow. is the next door neighbor, and he's a widower, mm-hmm. and he is a single dad as well. And it's very obvious that Cheyenne, Cheyenne has a got, big crush on oh, Cole. Yeah. They they had like gone out and had like a little girls' day and stuff, and she was just kind of like, it's so obvious that my brother has a crush on you and she's like really like i know i have a crush on him like i can't take my eyes off him but like he he feels she's like oh like i we just watched his oh oh cheyenne calls their baseball games old man baseball because they're all like over 30 (laughs) yeah and stuff and it's hilarious and so they both go to the game looking all cute and little dresses in their in their their summer wear and the (laughs) men are looking fine in their baseball pants yeah but griffin Um, can't stop staring at the the bleachers he's like flexing his muscles over there and sucking in his stomach like yeah i'm like oh all of a sudden he's hitting a home run like this is the most exciting game we've been to he's also looking over here 25 times he's showing off like he keeps looking at you in the stands like this is ridiculous yeah it's so sad and then of course like blair just like well what about cole She's like, what about Cole? Yeah. Nobody has called out Cheyenne on her crush. What's so cute too is that she's like, please don't tell my brother because he would like, he would just like rag on me so badly. And then we find out later. He's always known. He's always known, but he's sensitive to his sister. So we again see like his soft side. I love how he actually is just kind of like, well, why don't you ever ass out Cole? Like, literally just point blank says, and she's like, what? No. She's like, what? Don't ever tell him. And and he's like, it's so dumb. Like, you should. And I really like that he was a supportive brother about that. Like, that happens more towards the end of the book. Um, Because, of course, it's setting up the book with Cheyenne and Cole. Because they are next-door neighbors. He recently moved back in with his mom. um, And she's moved in with her mom because of the hip surgery. So now they're in close proximity together. (laughs) Um, And then he also has another friend, Enzo Moretti. Moretti. He's Italian. He has a big Italian family. The sexy one. <laughs> this was hilarious. Griffin calls his mom and she's kind of like talking about um like why why don't you ever like bring a girl home or whatever mm-hmm. like this this could be it and she he's like no um it's not like I'm not doing anything with um whatever and oh you should be more charming like Enzo and he, and he brings up he's just like the other night Enzo had a threesome mom like that's the type of guy yeah. you want me to be and she, and she goes that's what I'm talking about. He he not only got one woman, he got two women. Like, all I'm asking you is to get one. Just get one. His mom is hilarious. Oh, she, she also um, talks to Hank, her dead husband. She, like, always looks up and she's just like, you hear that, Frank? You hear what she's, what he's she's saying and he's yeah. doing? And I thought that was really funny because, yeah. like, I thought it was adorable because he, he lost his dad, like, two years ago. It's yeah, still a little bit fresh though. for yeah, him. Yeah, it is. It is. You know? Um, but she seems like, you know, she's, she's okay. Obviously. Obviously, yeah. she's fulfilled with her children and stuff. Of course, she she wants the grandkids. Husband, she wants the damn grandkids. Okay, and she keeps making up excuses why Blair needs to stay with Griffin. Yeah. Um. And so this is another thing. Blair wasn't even supposed to be in Bellamy Creek. Right. Oh, let's talk about <laughs> let's so talk about the pie. Right. Okay. So she really she's on her way to on her way to Cloverleaf Farms, which is which, another series. That's yeah, an, another <laughs> series. You can tell those two have like been together a while uh-huh. and were, had their previous book. Yep. Yep. Um, and they are and they have a bakery, and so she's trying to go and basically see if she can work for them, whatever. But as she's going down the highway, she sees this sign: "Best Apple Pie," like mm-hmm. in the country. And so yeah. she gets off because of this sign. Come to find out. That was Betty who ran the local bakery and she did have like the best apple pies around, a recipe that's been never been shared and has been secret. But she died. But she died. And never shared the recipe. She died. So like there's that's no Mr. Frankel. best apple. That's Mr. Frankel's wife. So I do love the relationship she builds with Mr. Frankel. Like she goes and she like visits him and, and to just just to talk. Like I just love this 
um, respect for elders and to listen to elders. Like I love that saying. about like, the vibe. Is so so freaking cute. Like, yeah, it's like you know I just really love it. Um, like there's just like everyone's very well meaning, right, in the town, and they're very like lovable characters. That was definitely one of my favorite ones though too, because since she likes to talk everybody's mm-hmm. ears off. A lonely old man who's been a, a widower for a long time. Yeah. He really enjoys that. Like, oh, like we also learn about Miss Apple, Miss Applebee, or whatever. Miss <laughs> Applebee like, that is, uh, knows the history of everything or whatever. And she's and she, yeah, and, and she's, she kind of like tries to set them up. Like, I yeah, love we it. do like I a matchmaker, it. and they end up like you know meeting for tea yeah. to discuss like yes, the project. Just, like, oh, this was so nice that you came over for tea yeah. and stuff like that. And I really loved it. Well, so her plan is to go to Cloverleaf Farms because she'd gone with her family for a wedding. Yeah, they do like it's it's a it's a wedding destination site, wedding right. and restaurant and all that jazz. And she's like, I want to get a job over there. Lo and behold, Cheyenne Griffin's sister actually knows the person whose family owns it. And she works over there. So she kind of like sets up that connection. And I love how Griffin's mom gets so mad later on that Cheyenne facilitated this interview because she's going <laughs> to go interview. Um, and I like how Griffin actually like drives her over there because he can't trust her to drive because she's a bad driver. And he's like, I need to make sure that you get there safe. It's a three hour drive and I'm going to go with <laughs> I'm going to drive you. I'm going to And I love how he's like work. basically scaring people in town. Like he drops her off and he's like storming around town. It's like, all oh, these people are so nice. God damn it. You know, like yes. he's just like, because he's, he has officially said like i i've got to let her go she's too good for me like all this he's he's convinced himself that like it would never work out and she would leave him anyway so he it's might as well just do it temporary situation anyway right so you're just like i can't be mad at her for going to do this interview so that you know she'll she won't be living with me anymore but Sad, he's totally sad, butthurt but he, he, he's so butthurt <laughs> about it doesn't want her to leave in fact he's gotten the parts for her car and he's hidden them yes. so he could have been working on her car could have allowed mm. her to drive by herself over there and she could be living in Cloverly Farms like she like could this be whole living time. over there that But he's whole kept time. her it's been 2 weeks. It's been it's been a hot minute and he so just, he just in such denial in such denial. So of course she gets the job yeah. in Cloverly Farms um and she kind of like she kind of wants him to be like I want But this is where he starts to close more. off. I want yeah. I want I want to have a long distance relationship, yeah. you know. Yeah. I want I want to stay in touch after I leave. Like, she wants him to give some sort of sign because it's always been him that's had the boundary about it. Right. She's been respectful of it. So they have another night of, like, amazing sex. Not only that, like, I really loved the – because we're in his point of view during this last sex – this sex scene – where he's a little more aggressive than normal because he's, like, trying to, like, possess her, you know, like, almost, you know, because he's getting angry just thinking about any other man being with her. Like, it's obvious he's 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 in turmoil over his feelings. And when she's, like, she basically kind of opens up a little bit, like, you know, we could, like, continue. this. like, no, this is it. This is temporary. I always told you this was temporary. He just basically, like, like this was, he's yeah, mean. this was just a fuck. Like, this was, was just sex. More. This was just like, sex. There was no other feelings besides You need to that. go and, like, do your thing. So so basically he hurts her feelings mm-hmm. to it, it, the whole time of course it's hurting him too and she goes and sleeps on the couch and cries herself to sleep little bijou comes curls up and makes her cry more and, and she calls franny and she's just yeah. like is there any way that you know i can come, I can come, or, come I can early come and stuff and oh the only problem is my car is not ready <sighs> or whatever so and she's like that's fine my husband can come pick you up or whatever and then all of a sudden whenever she goes downstairs like early in the morning like she finally fell asleep yeah her couch. car's ready her car is ready and she's like well how's that even possible and he was just like the cars the parts came in yesterday and i just i couldn't sleep last night so i got your car all fixed or whatever. yeah and she notices he has like red rimmed eyes and yes. bags under his eyes he obviously stayed up all night fixing her car and, and she's he's like, just why? like trying to like push her out still the and she's point. still like why are you doing this and yeah. he's like you he's know like you always were meant to leave you know yeah good luck. like i can't Best give you luck. anything he like, does say like it wasn't just sex but this is he does apologize work. and she's just like why are you why are you apologizing this? and still and lying to just me like, because this st- this stuff like i don't want it i don't want i don't feelings. want this relationship so he acknowledges that he has the feelings but he says he doesn't want it he's right just like no, so I don't that's want it. like yeah i would totally be like blair like well you then fuck, fuck you dick. dude fuck 
I'm but, out. But you know what? I mean, that's. I mean, she she's got her job lined up, and she really she does leave. And, and her, that's whenever yeah. she goes to Mr. Frankel's house before she leaves, and um, he actually confides in her, and he was like, "You want to know a secret? You know, I pay for that billboard because I don't want anybody to forget Betty. Oh. I, I I don't want her to be just like lost. Well. And also, he has her recipe. As yes, well, that we find out later he does have Betty's recipe, and he, he was just like, I don't want later. I don't want anybody else to have it because. Mm-hmm. You know, that that was her thing. And I mm-hmm. feel like I, I don't trust anybody else with it. And so she goes to Cloverly Farm. She really likes it over there. But, I mean, of course she misses I love I love how we see, like, a number of people getting over grief in yeah. this. You know, like, I mean, Mr. Frankel's obviously still grieving his widow, mm-hmm. you know, and he's trying to move on and hasn't quite moved on until he meets her. You yeah. know, until Blair. And until then, Blair. And Griffin is obviously still mourning the loss of Kayla and the baby he almost had and, you know, that relationship. And it's just, I don't know, it's really cool to see. But then we see, like, the mom who has grieved and is, like, trying to get on with life. And, you know, she still finds joy in life. Right, right. She has other things to live for. She's happy. You know, she's excited. Yeah. I I just love seeing the different aspects of things. Right. So Cheyenne goes to visit. I love this. I love how Cheyenne is just kind of, like... (laughs) Not letting it drop. (laughs) Yeah. And she's just like, my brother's being stupid. Um, And he's miserable. Obviously, he's absolutely miserable. He's being a bear (laughs) right now. And I wish that he would just own up to his feelings and just fucking tell you and she's just like i can't make him like yeah. i can't make him do anything like i said my piece and he doesn't want it like i'm not gonna stick around where i'm not wanted she's also like, we had this big you. with this big anniversary event we should have Which mentioned she planned. she planned the she whole planned event because she's for him like, hey we should have like basically this anniversary 65 years in business yeah like, sidewalk party what could it coincide with labor day there's lots of street stuff going on so right we can set up your car that you and your dad restored together out front people can take pictures be, next to it yes and we'll have like baked goods baked I'll, I'll do all that stuff and it'll be really fun you'll bring back your old customers and you'll debut the new look in yeah. the lobby and all that. so when cheyenne goes to visit she's like hey are you going to come to the thing you know we really could and she brings the letter from um mr franco which has the apple pie recipe yes. in it and she's like look i'll bake the pies but because he's i think the mom was just gonna like buying buy pies. pies and of course no Blair's like no i, I will, I will bake make them. your stuff but, <laughs> but I just she's don't want him she's no yeah she's like he has rejected me and i'm not gonna insert myself like if he doesn't want me that's fine but i'll of course bake the pies and i'll send them so the day of the event i love it he looks at all these pies like ooh, these look great and and then uh the somebody mom. mentioned the mom's the like mom. oh yeah Blair made them she dropped them off this morning he's like she's here she's here and he's like, like chasing her down like following her like a little like, puppy dog like find where her she? she's nowhere to be seen he's like, they oh also now have, you want to know <laughs> they also have a Labor Day baseball game yes and whenever he looks up in the stands you can like feel her there you know she's like yes. sunglasses on and like trying she's to, trying like, to be like all incognito and <laughs> when he notices her like she leaves she leaves she gets up and leaves and it's like it's almost done like the baseball game's almost done he's trying to like leave and yeah. stuff to chase after her and lo and behold <laughs> she gets another fucking blowout she hits a rock <laughs> Blair's known for hitting it's like stop fate. signs and it stuff. is fate okay she gets another <laughs> blowout and she's crying and he's like Blair are you okay or whatever and she was like I was just, I didn't want you to see me and all and that like, jazz Why? and he was just like no I was coming after you like because he had had a come to Jesus meeting you yeah know? He, like, he realized he's friends, trying to figure out how to do it you know basically his friends basically was like dude you're fucking miserable like <laughs> you're doing this to yourself and for what basically and he just realized he is being dumb like he's pushing her away for absolutely no reason and he needs to find a way to get her back and he was always going to come after her after all of these events and stuff and it just fate pushed them together so he yeah. he told her he was just like no i i have feelings for you i was stupid for pushing you away and so i love her it. response though too is like i'm not going to give up my life right away yes you get a second chance I but signed, like i made a I commitment signed, right with them and i'm not gonna abandon them and he's like it's fine we can yeah do we can do long distance. distance they do long distance for like a whole year and i yes. really love that because i feel like he needed to do that he needed to he make needed that to type prove. of commitment yeah being like long distance is no big deal to me right he is the one that she can't drive well to make the <laughs> three-hour drive most most of the time to go over there to visit her and you know she finishes out like her year with them mm-hmm. before she ends up by moving back 
back. And I really love that, that he was just very on board, like, yes. I'm willing to He do needed to show to that level of you. commitment to yes, her. Yes, and I'm, you know? I'm glad that it was a whole fucking year. Me I'm too. I'm glad that he had to wait around to yeah, be Yeah, not just, yes, I will abandon everything and run back to you. Like, mm-hmm. fuck no, dude. You have to you have to earn her now. And he did. And, and I, I love that. I mean, that. like, that's not in Blair's character to abandon them anyway. Because, like, right. Franny was leaving for maternity leave. Like, she would never do that anyway. <laughs> so, yeah. um, I just really loved it. And when she moves back to Bellamy Creek, she actually buys like the old like bakery. The old bakery of Miss Betty's bakery. Yes. And, and has and the pie recipe. She has the pie recipe and she makes it her own. Like she gets the blessing from, from Mr. Mr. Frankel, Frankel to just, like, adjust it. Betty a little would bit. be so proud and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, it's just so it. good. It was just so fucking adorable. <laughs> so um it's been a year and the town is having just kind of like this like event and it's it's like the local couples. How the local couples met and it's like a costume party. So Griffin's wearing his baseball outfit. And and she's back in her debutante dress because <laughs> they're gonna like take pictures and stuff. Um, so cute! And this is where he actually proposes to her, and he brings her out to the fucking sign because <laughs> Mr. Frankel allowed Griffin to be able to redo the sign, which has always had Betty stuff on it, and it's right. like, "Will you marry me on it?" Uh, she was like, "Where are we going? Why are we going to? Why are we? The why are we leaving town? <laughs> yes, what's happening? Like this is this is what brought you to me, and, stuff. and now I he's super romantic." Romantic. It's just awesome. I thought it was really fucking cute. I love it. And of yeah. course, if you continue on with the series, you get to have glimpses of them in the background because, yeah. you know, we're still in the same friend group. And showdown. I fucking love it. So uh, my showdown scene is literally like the domestic scenes because mm-hmm. it's so sweet and so simple. It's like this is the small things in life that he was missing. Right. And that moment in the morning where he just kind of like, wow, this is really nice. There's like, a there's a coffee, woman bustling around in my coffee, kitchen, this you know? Smell the smell is amazing and like I don't want to leave her yeah. you know yeah. and I really love that because he thinks he's fine Yeah, he thinks he has it all figured out that life has nothing better to offer him right. that he is satisfied just being him and he's not fulfilled and yeah. I love that that moment where it's just kind of like it's subtly creeping up on him that he could be happier he might right. not be unhappy <laughs> but he could be more happy and I just really love that moment because it also like she the way that she approaches Griffin especially initially with all of his boundaries and his mm-hmm. rules she's not trying to break them down she's just kind of, she's playful about it she's just very kind of like, playful very playful and like oh like that's why like, I even love the sex scenes are so playful yeah you know like oh you want more from me or whatever yeah. like, this is what girlfriends do I'm just joking you should have seen your face like this like, is so funny like I I love it how she's she really doesn't get butt hurt until the end whenever he's saying like hurtful things to her right like she's trying to uphold she's, her into the bargain she's being open and, and honest about her feelings and he won't be you know and that's what's so hurtful so i Um, just really love it because i think that that's the way to do a grumpy sunshine like i like to erode away slowly yes yes, in the background like you don't even know what's happening right and it just fucking happened and all of a sudden you can't imagine your life without this person that you absolutely did not need that's what i love that when he gets all mad and worried about her in the rain like this is something my husband does if i'm too long at walmart or something when i went to pick up one thing and he's like what are you doing i'm like look just look at life three I'm still in I'm still in Walmart. I'm still safe. You know, like it's it's just something protective men want to do. And I love that. My showdown, I think, is the proposal. Just because I feel like it was like full circle, not just like for the relationship, but Miss Betty, that whole like backstory of how they met. And now they're like how they're going to be together forever. And also, it just shows how he is so open and so romantic now. Like so like he's like transformed a little bit. He was presented to be. Yes. Like like, he's he's opened up completely to her and is willing to like be vulnerable in in many ways. And I just love that. Yeah. I love it too. So fucking adorable. So cute. We hope that you enjoyed today's episode and look forward to the next one where we'll be reviewing Between Wrath and Mercy by Jess Wisecup. Thanks so much for listening. This goes out to all the fangirls. Life's better with a little H-E-A.